Welcome to eMidCast Console Corner. I'm your host, Connor Hamilton, a third-year medical student at Oregon Health and Science University. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Joseph Schatzel, the Chief Hematology-Oncology Fellow here at the university. He attended medical school at University of Buffalo and did his internal medicine residency at the University of Dartmouth. He was happy to give us his perspective on calling hematology and or oncology consults from the ER. Welcome to Console Corner. Thanks for joining us here on eMedCast. Um, I just wanted to first off uh, start by asking what your role here is in the hospital. Uh, thanks. Um, so I am a hematology oncology fellow. Uh, this year I function as the chief fellow. So I guess my role is uh, I see patients with both cancer uh, and blood disorders a few days a week in clinic. I take consults. Um, and I round on inpatient consults on both teams, and then my chief duties are kind of like administrative. I make the schedule, and uh, I make sure everyone's vacations roll out appropriately. All right, sounds good. So in terms of interacting with the emergency department, how do you feel that your specialty um, most commonly interacts with um, both patients and um, physicians and residents in the ED? Oh, I think we interact with the ED quite a bit. So. Um, Actually, the, you know, the fellows kind of function as the front line with the ED. So when, um, uh, you know, some of our patients come to the emergency room, uh, they will call us uh, sort of directly for guidance. Also, I mean, we take patient uh, calls from home. Patients with cancer or blood disorders who may be getting treatment will call if they're having a problem and we'll often send them to the emergency room. So... There's a little logistics and like letting the ED know about that when appropriate. All right. Um, so when we as students or residents or attendings are in the ED, what type of patients um, should we be consulting, consulting the HEMOC service on and um, kind of asking for your guidance? What type of patients would you feel that's most appropriate for? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I think about the cancer patients and the patients with blood disorders a little differently. Um, so for cancer patients, I think anyone who has a bone marrow transplant um, pretty much automatically warrants a phone call after you know they've been worked up by the ED. I mean, a majority of people with bone marrow transplants who come to the emergency room end up getting admitted to the hospital to our bone marrow transplant service anyway. And I think Neutropenic fever patients, although I think the management is generally very, is pretty um, sort of protocolized and the ED docs are familiar with how it's done, uh, they usually call us to let us know because we'll see those patients in the hospital. Um, I think those are the main ones. Sometimes patients with cancer, you know, they get admitted for a whole variety of reasons. A lot of them are, you know, internal medicine reasons like a patient with cancer happens to have um, heart failure. And I think in that case, we don't really need to be involved because the cancer is not like the main issue. I think if it's the cancer or their treatment, um, 
we usually get a call. I think if the patient's not an extremist and it's not one of those two situations, it's usually people call us in the daylight hours. They'll, they won't wake us up at night for like non-urgent stuff. All right. Another question that we commonly ask is what mistakes do you see either ER physicians or residents or even medical students make when they consult the hematology oncology service? Um, I think the main thing that always, that always um, becomes obvious during the phone call is if the provider just doesn't really know the patient's history well. So when you call for a neutropenic fever, uh, I think the main thing that you want to, I want to know is what chemotherapy did they get and when did they get it? And what is their neutrophil count now? Because I can kind of tell in my mind, you know, how serious this is or how likely it, their neutrophil count is to stay low based on that info. So I always ask that. And I always want to make sure that a broad infectious workup is done. Um, the BMT patients are kind of a grab bag because they come in for like a whole variety of different problems. Usually it involves an infection. So I guess I just, in that case, I just want to know that the provider um, really thought about, uh, um, you know, what, what could be driving their symptoms. Did they do a broad infectious workup? Um, and then I guess some mistakes I see are, we do get calls for undiagnosed cancer and that, is a relatively kind of useless phone call because I can't give much help. Um, I think if a patient comes in and they get a CT scan and there's evidence of cancer everywhere, uh, until they have a biopsy and some pathology, it's very hard for me to give any kind of guidance because I don't know what kind of cancer it is. I think if those calls are useful if the doctors are asking for some help in like figuring out the best way to get a biopsy. I'm happy to help in that way, but usually the ED doesn't do that. Usually it's the patient is admitted to a medicine service and then we would work with them to sort of get the diagnosis. Okay. So just to kind of summarize those points, it sounds like for neutropenic fever patients, knowing the chemotherapy regimen they're on, you know, what their background and history is, and when they got that chemotherapy is really the important thing. Yeah, it's very useful, yeah. For the bone marrow transplant patients, it's really keeping an open mind and thinking about the broad differential that they could have in, in the yeah. setting um, of what they're presenting with. Mm -hmm. And then for the cancer patients, maybe not calling oncology consults right away, but admitting to a medicine service and then working with them to make the best diagnosis um, through a biopsy. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. um, you touched on some of these things, but I would hoping you could elaborate on kind of what history or exam or test is like really important for us to have in front of us before we call you guys to make sure we can give you all the correct information. Yeah, so I think in the solid tumor patients, the most common call is usually a neutropenic fever. So like we touched on earlier, um, you know, what chemotherapy did they get and how, how, what was the date? I wanna know like how many days after chemo there. Um, and then in my mind, it's really a game like, where is this guy infected? Cause he's having a fever. So I wanna see that you sort of did a broad infectious workup. In my mind, that is you culture the blood, you at least look at the urine, so you get a UA, you don't necessarily have to get a culture, but I just wanna look, like, make sure the urine doesn't suggest infection. I like to have, see a chest x-ray. Um, if there's pulmonary symptoms, I think a viral 
pulmonary workup is always warranted. Um, and then, you know, the, it, it's fairly um, well established that if the patient has a neutrophil count under 500 and they've had a fever, particularly if they're having fevers in the ED, they're going to be admitted for IV antibiotics. So I think some of the good ED consults I get, they know the information of what the patient got. They, I've already done that full workup and told me the results. They've already given the patient the appropriate antibiotics, and they're just kind of calling me to like triage the admission and help uh, make sure that the oncology team is involved uh, with the patient throughout their stay. So I think that's kind of like the best exam. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds <laughs> good. Um, I don't know if you have a particular case in mind that was either a really good consult where you felt the ER manages the patient appropriately or maybe an example of a poor consult um, where the case wasn't handled so well by the ER that could kind of give us a little bit more framework for what you're talking about? Um, sure. I mean, I think the, the good consult is sort of what I said. I mean, I yeah. think for cancer, solid cancer, really the only reasons people come to the ED are either um, a, 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 a symptom of their treatment, which is most likely neutropenic fever, or there's some symptom from the cancer. Like sometimes uh, people could come with cancer pain, for instance, if they have a lot of new, new metastasis in the bones or something. Um, so, uh, and then I guess failure to, the so-called failure to thrive, which is just a patient who's had a lot of symptoms, both from the treatment and the cancer, and they're getting, they need a little new support, like some IV hydration. So I think, um, a good ED consultant can kind of put the patients in that sort of box. Um, um, I think they can manage neutropenic fever pretty well, basically sort of with the script I just laid out. I think um, if the patient is coming in with symptoms of their cancer that could involve like pain, nausea, you know, failure to thrive, if the ED doc just gets enough of the treatment history and the patient's history to be able to identify that's the problem and, you know, rule out other stuff. I mean, abdominal pain is, I'm sure you guys know, like a very broad differential. So you have to be comfortable that it's somehow associated with their cancer and then, um, explain to me on the phone why you think that is. And then most people can get a, make a reasonable case for that. Um, and then I guess those are the good ways to do it. Um, poor consultants, I think. The things that are troubling is if you don't know the patient's treatment history, at least briefly enough to uh, so that I can answer the question, like if the patient got some chemo two days ago uh, and you don't know the name of it or even when they got it, it's very hard for me to judge in my mind uh, what their neutrophils are going to do. Um, or if you, you know, haven't done the right workup. Um, I think consults for undiagnosed cancer is a, like a little premature. Uh, usually, let, as we said before, we'll let the medicine service work up the diagnosis and they'll get in touch with us if they need help. We're happy to help them, but um, I can't give much treat. I can't give any treatment or prognostics until I, we know what kind of cancer it is. So my role kind of like as an oncologist is hard for me to fill. And then um, I guess the other bad consults we get, I'm just trying to think. I guess the other ones that are tricky is when 
Very rarely. Sometimes people like to defer to oncologists for every treatment decision. So sometimes they'll ask me like very simple questions that are sort of internal medicine questions that um, uh, that I, I don't know. If the, I feel that if the patient didn't have cancer, they wouldn't ask me. Um, and I think they do this because they're uh, certain doctors are just not not used to treating cancer patients. But I'll say outside of a BMT or neutropenic fever, the management of all your simple internal medicine que questions is pretty much the same. Uh, you know, you manage heart failure the same. Uh, if the patient's not neutropenic, you treat their infections the same as you would other people. Um, so, you know, sometimes like the, when the new residents come on, they'll ask me questions like that and then just, you know, defer to the standard treatment guidelines for that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So once again, it sounds like you're really hitting on the point that we should have a really good history, both a cancer history, chemo history, yeah. and whatever that is, and also not putting our own diagnostics in a box just because this patient has cancer, yeah. don't think about other things that are going on, and to make sure that we have a specific question for you guys kind of when we consult you that is related to the cancer diagnosis um, and that you can help us out with. Yeah, that's very true. Huh. I think um, a lot of it is uh, sometimes they the... If a patient is getting admitted, they want to alert us, let us know. Like these neutropenic fever patients, we'll see them in the hospital. And I think that's useful, and we can help with a little bit of the, you know, any, help look over the case with a second set of eyes. Um, I think BMT patients should always basically be called because those patients get, uh, their management is just so weird uh, compared to like traditional medicine. They get sick very easy, they get infections that just normal people don't. So all those people should be run by it. A hematologist, oncologist. And I think if the patient has cancer, but uh, they have some other medical issue and they are, you know, they don't have some severe side effect of cancer treatment, like they're not neutropenic, uh, you know, the medical therapy is pretty much similar to everybody else. So in that case, I think providers can, we're always happy to answer questions, but for non-cancer stuff, um, you know, they should fall on their usual judgment. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I was hoping to discuss with you is um, when I was on hematology oncology elective, specifically hematology, we often use the website anticoag.net. Um, I found this to be a very useful resource, um, and it was, I know that you're one of the creators of it. It was kind of help like elaborate on that, kind of what it is, and talk about it a little sure. bit. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, my other hat, so you know, we spent a lot of time talking about cancer, right? Which I'd say like three out of four phone calls I get from the ED or even from patients is a cancer issue, right? But hematologists are also experts in, um, you know, disorders of the blood. So there's a lot of overlap with other specialties. So uh, blood thinners, you know, like this, we're the expert in blood thinners, but everyone uses blood thinners, internists, cardiologists. Um, blood clots, you know, we treat blood clots, but also, you know, the ED treats blood clots routinely by, like, without involving us, as do, like, generalists. So, there's a lot of, like, nuance in these things, and I just kind of noticed that there's a lot, just, this is a general statement all over, all over the country. There's a lot of mismanagement in blood clot therapy, blood thinner therapy. There's data to prove this. People have looked at it. And um, I think part of the reason is there's not great resources for, you know, simple, very simple directions about what you should do. 
Like if you want to figure out what to do about something, you can read up to date. But you're like reading several pages to get to your get to your, the meat, right? So uh, me and like some people I collaborate with had this idea. Let's make like very simple kind of fishbone like guidelines about how you manage, you know, common stuff in hematology. So it's like blood clots, PEs, um, switching from blood thinners. Which blood thinner should you use? Um, bridging, which is, you know, like, how, how do you manage blood thinners around surgery? Um, and we uh, have uploaded this on to our website, anticoag.net. Um, and we actually did a study here at OHSU. Uh, this was a survey study, but we had uh, uh, half of the providers in the study were sent a list of common uh, clinical vignettes, questions, you know, patient has this blood clot, how would you treat it? And we just said answer as you know you normally wouldn't practice use any resource you want and half of them were randomized to the same questions but they had a link to our website uh, and the ones who were linked to the website they did do significantly better in terms of picking you know management that uh, international guidelines deems best so uh, there's a little data suggests that using the website is a good idea yeah right. Yeah, and I have personally used the website multiple times when I was on hematology, and it's really easy to use and to look through. And yeah. just a quick guide for when a patient presents with a certain problem and you want an answer to that problem in hematology, it's it's very helpful. Um, so I'd encourage people to look at that. Um, well, I just wanted to finish up and ask if there's anything else you want ER doctors to know about in terms of hematology or oncology um, and any advice that you would give that could help make our jobs better. Sure. I mean, I guess the the thing I've learned in medicine after, I mean, this is my sixth year of training, is that, um, you know, it never hurts to ask. So I will always say if someone needs my help and they're, they're not sure what to do, feel free to call me. I will always give you, you know, my, my expertise. Um, and I know doctors give that to me too because there's a lot, medicine is too broad to know everything. So you kind of have to rely on your colleagues. So never feel bad about calling your consultant. And I think if you have a well-formed question and you know what's going on, you should always call them, get their advice. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to do for the patient if you, if you need it. Um, I think we touched on oncology really well. Um, you know, hematology is really broad. But I will say, uh, the things in hematology that pretty much you should always call us for, uh, a hemophiliac who is bleeding, and uh, that can be an emergency, so don't rest. You know, if a hemophiliac comes in bleeding, they need factor, and I can, or, you know, me or my colleagues will tell you how to give it. Uh, please call us. Um, and then I think if you are concerned the patient has a deadly syndrome, what are the deadly hematology syndromes? Uh, it would be TTP. If you're worried the patient has TTP, call us. HIT. If you really think the patient has HIT, call us. And um, I guess if you believe the patient has acute leukemia that's new, you know, it's not something that's under treatment. This is really, really rare. But I have seen these patients walk into an ED. Uh, that requires urgent treatment, so call us. That's not a, new leukemia is not something that you should have, you know, see in clinic the next day. We need to know about it. Um, you know, other than those things, I think most ED docs are very comfortable. Like if a patient comes in with a blood clot, just starting the blood thinners, and they don't usually involve us. PE is that they don't usually involve us, but we're happy to be involved if you need anything. Uh, I guess that that's like the main gist of hematology. Yeah. 
All right, Dr. Schatzel. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. We really appreciate your expertise and input. All right. Thanks for having me. Dr. Schatzel touched on a lot of good topics in that podcast and got a lot of, gave a lot of good information. Just to summarize briefly kind of his main points, the main um, consults uh, we're going to have from the ED would be for cancer would be those patients with neutropenic fever, bone marrow transplant patients, and those patients that come in with side effects from the cancer treatment or from um, symptoms from the cancer itself. For neutropenic fever patients, the most important things are getting a good history, which includes what type of cancer they have, what chemotherapy they got, and exactly what date did they get that um, chemotherapy on. It's important to do a broad infectious workup for these patients, including blood cultures, a UA with culture, and a chest x-ray, and to really try to localize the infection. Bone marrow transplant patients, it's important to consult early and kind of defer the management to the oncology team as they are the ones who admit these patients and take care of them. And then with other cancer patients, it's important to keep an open mind um, and a broad differential. For hematology patients, we should always consult um, when a hemophiliac walks in who is bleeding, um, someone we suspect has TTP or HIT, or any patients that we are concerned have new acute leukemia. Poor consorts are kind of um, ones that aren't very helpful would be those who don't really have the pertinent patient history, including the can- and specifically the cancer history or the hematological history. Also, it's not very helpful to consult um, the oncology service, someone who has undiagnosed cancer, as they need to be admitted to the medicine service to get um, pathology from a biopsy uh, to kind of narrow down what cancer this is. And then lastly, it's not very helpful um, kind of deferring all the main medical management to the oncology service and to keep in mind all the other things and um, keep an open mind in terms of a broad differential when somebody walks in with cancer. Lastly, the website that we discussed, anticoag.net, is linked on the eMIGCAST website. I encourage you to take a look a look at this website. Um, it is very helpful for any hematologic um, disorder you encounter and just for quick information about a broad um, variety of topics. I encourage you to use it on any rotation where you encounter hematologic disorders. We thank Dr. Schatzel for being on this podcast and we hope that this information has been helpful.